Church, we are really blessed to have Reverend Dr. John Sweetman coming to share with us this morning. John is, in fact, the interim director of our movement over the next 12 months. There's some really exciting things happening there among us as Queensland Baptists. But, John, thank you for coming to share, particularly on our Garage Sale weekend. Can we make John feel really, really welcome this morning as he comes to share with us? I could have jumped up here onto this stage like Peter did, but I chose to go the other way. So it's, a... uh, it's great to be here. I'm speaking about gardening this morning, so uh, you might like to take the advice and then buy some plants afterwards. Or free, yeah, just grab some plants afterwards. Uh, in the middle of last year, there was, within a matter of two weeks, uh, two very prominent Christian leaders announced that, that they were losing their faith. Uh, Joshua Harris was an American guy, and at 21, he wrote a, a bestseller, I Kissed Dating Goodbye. Uh, it was about sexual purity being the key to, to, to marriage, and he sold a million copies <laughs> of this book at, at 21. At 23, he got married. At 30, he became senior pastor of a large uh, conservative church. In, at 39, he resigned that, and uh, in July last year, at 43, he separated from his wife, and a few days later, he wrote this, I have undergone a massive shift in regard to my faith in Jesus. The popular phrase for this is deconstruction. The biblical phrase is falling away. By all the measurements that I have for defining a Christian, I am not a Christian. Uh, that's an American, an Australian, in that, with the same period of time, uh, called Marty Sampson, uh, he, from the late 1990s, he featured on Hillsong Youth Alive albums and was one of the uh, original Hill, Hillsong United band members, worship leader. Uh, and in the middle of last year, he wrote, it's time for some real talk. I'm genuinely losing my faith and it doesn't bother me. Like what bothers me now is nothing. A few days he clarified that he hadn't renounced his faith completely, but was on incredibly shaky ground. And a week later, he said, it was amazing being one of you, but I am not anymore. This uh, caused these two guys within a short period of time caused quite a stir in the media. But uh, if you've been a Christian for some time, you'll know actually that it's only the tip of the iceberg, that, that many of us know people who at one stage were at church with us or were in our families and, uh, and were following Jesus in some way and, and now they're no longer involved. Uh, this is of great concern to us uh, if they're your friends or if they're your family members. Uh, and the question that I want to look at this morning is, is why do people drop out of Christian faith? Well, the issue is not new uh, for our age. Uh, it's been around a long time. Right from the beginning of Christianity, some people have pulled back. In fact, it happened to the greatest degree, I think, in the Jesus' time of ministry. It happened far more to Jesus than it would ever happen uh, in our churches today. So he specially taught on this issue of why people pull back, why people fall away. Uh, it was actually at a time in his ministry when lots of people were being attracted to Christian faith or to the following Jesus anyway. Thousands and thousands were flocking after him, trying to uh, listen to what he had to say, trying to, to put into practice some of the things that, that he was talking about. And, and, and the disciples, his disciples probably thought, this is fantastic, look what's happening here. Like, like this is going to be revival, the whole of the Jewish nation is going to be swept into the following Jesus, and then it's just going to get bigger and bigger and better and, and better. 
And uh, it was very exciting. But Jesus put a kibosh on them and said, well, actually, I'm going to tell you a story about what's going to happen here. And uh, many of us have been Christians for a while or in church for a while would know this as the, the parable of the sower. And I want to read it to you, but just let me explain to you. It's about sowing some seeds. So it's about gardening. Uh, the, the seed is the gospel, the good news about Jesus, that Jesus came and lived and died and rose again so that we can have a relationship uh, with God forever. And so that's the seed that's being sowed. The sower that's going out sowing the seed is Jesus uh, and to a lesser degree the disciples. And of course now it is us. We are the sowers. And the soil is the lives and the hearts of people that hear, hear the gospel. All right, so let's read this story and see why it is that people fall away from Christian faith. Uh, verse 4 of Luke chapter 8, if you're looking for it, if you've got a Bible there, it's up on the screen as well. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And then his disciples came to him and asked him, what on earth was he talking about here? And so Jesus explained this parable. So he's done a lot of the work that I had to do because he's actually told us exactly what this means. So let's read his explanation of the parable. This is from verse 11. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. When you talk to those people who fall away, um, then they often have some complaints. Some of them have complaints about God. God didn't do what uh, uh, I was praying for or, or God didn't show up when I needed him most. Others have complaints about the church or about Christians, you know, that Christians were critical or they were hypocritical or or they, they didn't support me when I really needed support. And, and it's easy when you hear those stories to start to feel that, that what's wrong with God or what's wrong with us? So for good reason, we look into the church and we say, can we do it better? Like, can we help to stop people falling away uh, from their faith? Uh, can we be more nurturing, more loving, more consistent, more effective, more passionate, uh, more prayerful? And the answer, of course, is yes, isn't it? I mean, of course we could. We can always be more of those things. Part of my job for Queensland Baptist this year is to, is to look at the whole of the state and ask and, and look towards what does God want to do? How can we do what we're doing better than what we're, what, what's going on at the moment? And we've come up with uh, some priorities uh, for the next five years. 
Uh, faithful prayer, biblical authority, servant leadership, intentional discipleship, effective mission, collaborative autonomy. And we believe that this is what God's calling us to. And this church is very much part of this. We can do what we're doing better. And we pray that that will happen, right? Not just in this church, but right throughout our state. But the key emphasis of this story that Jesus is telling here is that, that the loss of faith that, that we see and that Jesus saw even more is not dependent on how well the seed is sown or how strong the seed is. But the main issue is the quality of the soil. We, we call this the parable of the sower, but, but it really should be called the parable of the soils. That's what it's about. It's about different soils in which the same gospel uh, is sowed. Perhaps the sower could do a better job and be a bit more careful about how he's throwing around the seed. But, but this is the, the main point of this is that it's the soils, it's the, it's the hearts of people that ultimately is the defining issue. The same seed will go out on a whole lot of different types of soil and will produce different results in different places. There's a healthy touch of realism for us, I think. It's so easy for us to beat ourselves up about kids that are not following Jesus or friends that have fallen away from the faith or brothers or sisters or, or family members who at one stage seem to have some faith in Jesus and are, are not following him now. And it's so easy for us to think there's something that I've done wrong or I didn't do enough of. And of course that's true and we need to repent of that and ask God's forgiveness for the things that we've done wrong. But ultimately, what Jesus is saying here is that the problem is not yours, it's theirs. And you need to hear that because some of you are feeling very guilty and, and about what's happened and about some of your friends and some of your family members. And, and Jesus is saying, hey, you can free up on this. The main blame is not God and that God hasn't done his bit. The main blame is not you, that you as the church haven't done your bit. It sits firmly, at least in this story, on the shoulders of those who the seed has been planted in, the soil, the hearts of those people, and what's happened there. Not all soils are the same. Now, I'm not saying that, that people don't face unfair things happening in their lives. They don't face difficulties in the church and problems in that. They don't face discouragements and disappointments. They don't face times when it, it feels like God is not answering their prayers. I'm not saying that that doesn't happen. And yes, people do get hurt. Uh, we read the New Testament and we see that the church is a place of great power, but is also a place of pain uh, as well. Like if anyone had reason to abandon their faith, it would be Paul, I reckon. Like, he, the one who wrote so much of the New Testament. Like, he had a really tough life. And he, was ve he got very much criticised by many of the Christians in the church of his day. And yet, in his, the soil of his life, it produced incredible fruit. So let's have a quick look at these types of soils and see, look at the impact that this type of soil has. The first soil is the path. Some fell on the path, verse 5. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. And Jesus explains that. Those along the path are the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. 
The first soil is the path. It's not really a soil at all. You know, it's just the path. <laughs> Last year, uh, my back lawn, which I'd always taken great pride in, may I say, was destroyed by lawn grubs. Uh, I was overconfident. I didn't treat it quickly enough. And my lovely lawn turned into a wasteland. So in spring, uh, I decided that I perhaps needed to do something to try and replenish this lawn. And so I bought some lawn seed and, and uh, uh, sort of dug into the lawn a bit and threw out this lawn seed. And some of that lawn seed, because of my carelessness in sowing the seed, fell on the, in the pergola as I was throwing it around, which Deb was not very happy about. But some of it fell in the pergola. The seed that fell on the, gra on the grass or in the soil or the dirt, uh, a lot of it started to grow. It was incredible. It's, you know, it was in a couple of weeks, it was about that high. The seed that fell in the pergola, nothing happened. I was surprised. Do you know what I mean? Like it didn't even try to start. It just sat there as, as seed. We now have a bird problem in our pergola and... Uh, <laughs> I hope it wasn't because of the lawn seed that ended up uh, in there. Well, that's what Jesus is talking about here. That, like the pergola, the tiles of the pergola, fall, the seed falling on, on that. Uh, many people are like that, like my grass seed. <laughs> uh, they just don't get it really. They hear the gospel, the wonderful news about Jesus. They hear what it's like, what God wants, a relationship with him. Uh, they, they hear all those things and it sounds all right to them, but it just sits there and it never germinates. Now, of course, this is a spiritual battle. That's what Jesus says here. The devil comes and takes the word from their hearts. Do you know what I mean? So, so this is a spiritual battle and, of course, we fight it in prayer. But there are some people that no matter what we do, at this stage at least, they won't get it. <laughs> they won't understand it um, because devil keeps coming and snatching it away so it doesn't have any chance to take, to take root. I'm not saying that we don't keep sharing about our faith. We don't keep inviting people. Of course we do. Uh, but we have to pray because until God opens eyes, it'll just keep getting snatched away. There was a guy in a, in a church that I was having some discussions with about Christian faith. Uh, and uh, he was coming to church. He was quite interested in Christianity, exploring it, which many of you are doing, which is a wonderful thing, exploring Christian faith. And I was, I was going through things and trying to explain it. And I, I was preaching in this church. And I thought, what I'm going to do is I'm going to preach the gospel as clearly as I possibly can and make sure that he's there that Sunday. Because usually when you're preaching towards someone, they're never there anyway, you know. So, so, uh, so anyway, so he came along that Sunday. And like, I'm not an evangelist, all right? So, but, but I did it as well as I possibly can. I gave great illustrations. I made it really, really clear, you know, that it's through Jesus that we can't do anything. It's accepting what he has done for us on the cross and being freed by that and having a new relationship with God. I did it, re I thought I did it really, really well. Anyway, I finished the service and I was looking for him all around the place. He came bounding up to me with this big smile on his face. And I thought, oh, praise the Lord. Do you know what I mean? Like I could just tell like, yes, yes, yes. And he said to me, John, he said, I've got it. And I thought, praise the Lord. He said, we just have to be more spiritual, don't we? <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
Now, I'm not sure what happened. Maybe a time went on, God opened his eyes and he became a Christian. But, but at that stage, anyway, he was path. You know, he, we, he heard it. He understood it to a degree, but it never kind of gripped him. That's what Jesus is talking about here. I've got to fly. The next ground is the rocky ground or oh, shallow soil, really. Uh, it looks good on the surface, but underneath uh, it's rock. Let's read about that. This is in verse 6. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Uh, verse 13, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Uh, most of our front garden is like that. We are on, our house is on the side of a, of a clay hill and most of the good soil has washed off long ago. And it's mainly clay with just a thin veneer of, of good soil on, on the top. I have no trouble getting plants to start to grow in this soil, but all sorts of problems getting them to last. Uh, in fact, uh, was it last year, the year before, I was completing our garden and I wanted three nice plants right at the front that would be really nice. So I went to Bunnings and talked to them there and it's difficult soil, yes, yes. So they gave me the three plants and I planted them. And I thought, that's beautiful, complete. they look beautiful. Within uh, a month, one of them had died, you know, just, just didn't get a chance, just died. I took it back and got the money back, may I say. But uh, it, just, it just died. The second one lasted six months. And then it died. The third one, I thought, come on, I'm praying about this one. Do you know what I mean? Like, come on, plant, you know. And it was doing really, really well. I thought, ah, this one's okay. I've got it. Twelve months, suddenly it died too. You see, these plants, they just couldn't get there for whatever reason. Might have been because I didn't water them. But but they, they they never got their roots down into that hard clay soil. They just couldn't do it. They shot up. They looked good for a little while, some longer than others. But in the end, they, uh, there wasn't any moisture there. There wasn't enough soil and moisture for them to grow, and so they died. There's no problem with belief uh, for rocky soil people. Actually, it's the opposite. Did you see? They receive the word with joy. They're often the most excited when they become Christians. They start really well. Many of the people around Jesus were like this. You know, they were receiving this word with great joy and this wonderful, we have this incredible teacher from God that's now explaining to us what God is like and what it means to have a relationship with him. They, they loved what they were seeing. They loved what Jesus was doing. They were looking for more and more. And the disciples thought, wow, these people are really keen. This is going to be absolutely fantastic. But Jesus knew that it was mainly rocky ground that they weren't going to last, and they, and they didn't. They believed for a while, and then they shriveled. <laughs> and uh, for the tens of thousands that were following and listening to Jesus in the peak of his ministry, there was about 500 left uh, at the end of when he, when he died. So what happens here? Well, Jesus explains that what gets them is the time of testing. Verse 13, those on the rocky ground are ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. 
Everyone wants to follow Jesus when things are great, don't they? <laughs> like it's wonderful and we praise God for those times. That often happens after someone gets significantly converted. When someone who has lived a life outside of God finds God, hears the gospel, responds to that gospel and gets radically changed in their life. Very excited, a very joyful time. They find forgiveness and life and, and freedom. Everything is different. But eventually, if those of you have been Christians for a while, eventually it does get tougher, doesn't it? It does get more difficult. It, you've got to get into the clay. <laughs> the shallow roots aren't going to last. And that's a different matter for many because following Jesus does mean taking up a cross. And a time of testing, when it comes, gets many and it shows that this has been shallow soil, really. Remember when I was pastoring at Bracco and uh, a lady got wonderfully converted. She was about 40 years of age. She was a single mum. She had a number of kids. And life had been very difficult for her. And, uh, and she heard the gospel and it just radically transformed her life. She loved Jesus and uh, she was so excited about everything. And I remember listening to her as she gave her baptismal uh, testimony as she got baptised, and she said, following Jesus is incredible. My life is so much better. Everything is working out. And I thought, as I listened to that, I am not sure she's going to make it. If following Jesus means that everything is wonderful, then eventually you're going to end up disillusioned by that. And she didn't make it. A few months later, life for her got a lot tougher. She took a dive and she abandoned her faith. Jesus calls this the rocky soil. Now, we need to disciple new Christians well. This is really key, this. So I'm not laying all the blame on the soil. <laughs> we, when people come to faith, they need to understand what that means. They need to be discipled well, particularly if they've come a long way to faith. It's a very, very key time. But there is some rocky soil around the place. Shallow soil that'll grow for a while but won't last. All right, that's the, the second one, the rocky ground. The third one is the thorny soil. This is verse 7. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Verse 14. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but they, don't, but they go on their way. And, and as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries and riches and pleasures and they do not mature. So here it's not the quality of the soil, but what else is in the soil that's going to cause the problems? There are weeds and there are prickles growing there uh, as well. Now, I'm sure you're familiar with this, this type of soil, particularly after we've come off a drought and now there's been rain. I do a fair bit of walking and you look at the footpaths and you can see, you know, like, like in the drought time, the weeds have grown and the grass has died back and now we've had the rain and the grass is trying to grow again, but the weeds are even stronger. And there's lots of that kind of soil around the place at the moment. Jesus explains, what are these thorns? What are these weeds that grow and choke the life out of the plants? Well, he explains that in verse 14. I'm glad he's explained it very clearly. Are choked by life's worries, riches and pleasures. 
So, so this is actually quite rich soil, right? The, the, its plants are growing well there, but so are other things as well. And over time, the weeds, the thorns start to dominate the plants that are growing. Now, it's interesting, isn't it, that, that the type of things that he's talking about here, these, these thorns, these, these weeds that choke out the plants, are life's worries, so the negative stuff, the difficult stuff that we have to go through, the things that, that uh, fill our mind with worry and concern and difficulties, you know, that they're sometimes the weeds that can grow up and, and choke the life out of our spiritual and our relationship with God. Or the other thing is life worries, riches and pleasures. So there's the positive side as well, the good stuff that happens in our lives. We do well, we, our business uh, thrives, uh, uh, things work out well in our lives. And, and I've seen many that have, that have had beautiful faith and then as these things have come, their life has turned out really well, they've moved away from God and got into the pleasures of the, of, of the world. And so both of those things can choke us, the, the difficult negative things or the positive good stuff uh, that God blesses us with in our lives. I know that this is just a story, but, but I have a problem here. Don't, like, don't weeds grow in all soils? Like, is there a particular soil in which the weeds grow and the other stuff, it, it doesn't? I, I don't think so. We all have to face the problems, don't we, of, of difficulties and problems, on the dangers of prosperity, you know. I mean, they're challenges that, that every Christian has to face. Is there a particular thorny type of soil where that's much more likely to happen? I don't think so. I don't think it's the soil. I think it's whether the soil allows the weeds to grow or whether it doesn't. I think that's the issue. For some people, the problems that they face just get bigger and bigger. And rather than turning to God, as we sang in some of those songs this morning, rather than turning to God, we, we turn away from God. And it's the same with prosperity and the good things that happen and, and when we do well financially or we get a lot of pleasure in our lives. The, the, that all, we all face that. It's whether we allow that stuff to grow, take root uh, around us. That's the key issue. Whether we allow the things to get bigger or whether we deal with them early. And we all know, any gardener here knows that the weed stuff you've got to deal with early. <laughs> They no use letting it grow and then trying to deal with it. You can deal with it early. And that's what Jesus is saying here. There's some soil people that allow, their hearts are good, but they allow this other stuff to grow and grow and grow and eventually it chokes out their faith. And their spirituality, their relationship with God gets strangled. Thorny soil. Some of you are being strangled at the moment. I'm not talking about the times of testing. We face times of testing in our lives, difficult times or good times. Both of those are tests for us. I'm not saying we're not going through those things. I'm talking about letting those things grow in our life and then becoming bigger and bigger. The worries and concerns that we have becoming bigger and bigger and it's affecting our relationship with Jesus. Or the stuff that's good in our lives, becoming more and more attracted to those things and it's choking out the, the depth of our relationship with God. It's squeezing the love that we have for Jesus. Uh, some of the people who listened to Jesus here were being, would be choked. They were, and they wouldn't make it. Even in the early church, there was plenty of examples of people getting choked by these things. Listen to Paul writing in 1 Timothy 6. For, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, 
have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. Now, the question as I've talked about these, and I've just got one more to go. As I've talked about these, I think in some of your minds as well, are these people Christians or are they not? Like, is the shallow soil people Christians or the thorny soil people Christians? Are, are they or are they not? Do you know what I mean? Like, you're thinking of people you know that fall into these categories and you're thinking, well, did they, you know, they had something. Is, is that, do they, are they still okay with God? And uh, Jesus doesn't answer that question here, so I'm not going to try and do it, all right? So <laughs> he's not talking about that. Uh, the only comment I have to make is that, that there is no indication in Scripture that those who are not following Jesus are okay with Jesus. No indication of that at all. Well, this has been a pretty negative sermon. I'm sorry, Nathan. Here you are. You do the positive. I did the negative this week, right? People are going to uh, fall away from faith. But there's one soil to go, so hang in there. Let's look at the last soil. Still other seed, verse 8, fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop, a hundred times more than what was sown. Jesus explains that, verse 15. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Jesus calls this the good soil. That's an understatement. Like it produces a crop, what does he say, how many times? A hundred times more than what was sown. Now, back in those days, without all the fertilisers and all the extra stuff we've got these days, back in those days, a good crop, a really, really good crop was seven or eight times what you sowed. So you'd sow and you'd get seven or eight times. That was a really, really good crop. Here's Jesus speaking to these uh, farmers, right? So they know all about this. And he's saying, this, this soil produces a hundred times. Now, that's just an impossibility, and that just doesn't happen. And Jesus is making a point here. This is an incredible crop, a miraculous crop, an impossible crop. This good soil produces a harvest that you can't even imagine. Many of us are thinking, well, that's not me. <laughs> like, I've, I've faced the tough things and I've stayed on, kept on going in my faith. I've been through the thorny stuff and the other things, the pleasures or the worries, and, and I've, I've stayed true, I've, I've continued. But producing a hundred times, <laughs> well, that's not me. That might be some other Christians, but it's not me. Well, what other categories are there? <laughs> Jesus only gives us four categories here, right? And if you're not in one of the others, it is very likely that you're good soil, Now, what is this good soil? Verse 15. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. That's the only criteria he gives here, right? Noble and good hearts who hear the word, who retain the word, and who persevere in it. We're not talking about superstars here. We're talking about people who are faithful to God, who hear, who believe, who continue to grow in their relationship with God through all the ups and downs that that involves. That's you, isn't it? 
like that's many of you here this morning. Noble and good hearts, retaining and persevering. Jesus is saying that to you this morning. He said, if you've got ears to hear, hear this. Like, listen to this. This is you. And the crop's coming. Some of you will see a lot of crop. Some of you will only see a little bit of the crop. doesn't matter how much you see. The crop is God's job. We retain the word. We persevere. And God does the rest. You say, well, does this really happen? Like, does it really happen? Do it, does that sort of crop get produced out of ordinary people? Is, can that really happen? Well, yes, it can. That's what Jesus said. And if you want an example, you've got it right here in front of you, haven't you? Like, isn't Bridgie Church a testimony to that? Like, where are the superstars here? Where are those outstanding people that everyone talks about, how incredible they are? There's not many in Bridgie. I'm not saying there's not some perhaps, but there's not many. This church wasn't built on superstars. It was built on good and noble hearts that retain the word of God, who believe what God says and who persevere in it. And look what God's done so far. But I don't think we've got the hundredfold yet. <laughs> That's still to come. There's more to come. But this church is a beautiful example of what Jesus is talking here. Praying, trusting, remaining faithful, persevering, and God has done the rest. These are challenging times for us as we live in a, in a prosperous post-Christian culture. Many will not believe. The seed will just get snatched away by Satan. Some will uh, shoot up for a short period of time, get really joyful and excited, but once it gets a bit tough, they'll fall away from that. Some, as, as they get on in their lives, will just get choked out by pain or by, or by good stuff that's happened and distracted by te other temptations. But many, many will persevere. Many of good and noble heart will continue. And through the grace of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, a great crop will result beyond our wildest dreams, hundred times. That's what the gospel always does. And as these disciples listen to this, and as they face the crowds gradually diminishing and then the death, and then the resurrection of Jesus and the coming of the Spirit. These seeds that Jesus had sown deep in their heart, that there was a great harvest still to come. They held on to that. And in time, as these ordinary people persevered, ordinary trades guys, these most of them were, as they persevered, the Holy Spirit did a fantastic job. The whole world was turned upside down. That's what Jesus says. If you've got ears, he says, listen to this. Listen to this. Don't lose faith. There are some people that will turn back, but don't lose faith in the gospel that God is still just as powerful. And don't lose faith in the church. The church really is the body of Christ. It's where God does His work, His best work through the church and in the church. Uh, the seed is multiplying. Persevere. <laughs> keep praying. Keep believing. Good and noble hearts. Through it all. <laughs> A hundredfold. <laughs> It's on the way. Let's pray, hey? <laughs>
Lord Jesus, uh, love the truth of your word. And I'm glad you explained it so there was no doubt this is what you're saying, Lord. <laughs> and you went through it, Jesus, the big crowds and those that were there that uh, moved away, Lord. And we're praying as we listen to this message for many that we know. Oh, Lord, some of them are our kids that our hearts grieve over. and Some of them are our friends and family members, Lord, that we care so much about. And one stage they had some faith, whether that was just a shallow joy or whether that was an ongoing faith that, faith that got choked, Lord Jesus. But we pray for them this morning. Some of them, Lord, are just hard ground. It's just, they just don't get it, Lord. And we pray for them too. And uh, Oh, Lord, don't give up on them. Please don't give up on them. Please continue to work. May Satan not have his opportunity to destroy. Lord Jesus, we pray. Lord, we pray for here the, those here this morning that are exploring faith, maybe here for the first time. Or they've been coming for a while and wondering what this is all about. And I just pray, Lord, the truth of your gospel might grab hold of their hearts. Lord, and might be sown in a deep way that will be a lot, uh, uh, will be true forever, Lord Jesus. Faithful, good soil. Much of it here, Lord, plant deep the seed, we pray. But I particularly pray, Lord, for those of us that have persevered, Lord, that have gone through these things that we've talked about this morning and have said, it's tough and it's difficult at times. There's a lot of pressure to, to move away from God, but I'm staying true. <laughs> And I ask, Lord, for a great sense of encouragement and a growing sense of blessing, Lord. Even more so, may more come, Lord Jesus. I pray this in Your Name. May the hundredfold result that You have promised, Lord Jesus, through good and faithful people who believe You. And I pray this in Your Name, Lord. Amen. Thanks, John, so much for sharing with us this morning. And uh, we are really expecting, in fact, faithful in the things that God does want to do. And John was speaking, it reminded me, in fact, of a verse that God gave to Andrea and I back when we first started at the church, way back in 2004. It was actually one of the verses God gave to us. And I've actually forgotten about it. I don't often share this verse as another verse that was important to our calling, but it's from John 4, which says, and God just affirmed it in my heart again. I said, do not say four months more in the harvest. At the time, we were praying about God's timing. And God said to us, don't say four months more. And then the harvest. Instead, it says there, look at the fields, they're ripe for harvest. Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. And this is for some who maybe have joined us more recently here. It says this, and this was big for us at the time. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labour. So maybe you are on the journey and others have been sowing here for a long time and we're seeing the blessing. But God says to you, you are to be a part of this as well. You are to join in. I'm going to share more about that next week as well. But we need everyone with a heart. Say, yes, we're about seeing more coming as a part of this great harvest. And so we're going to stand together. We're going to sing with faith right now about the fact that God is working in this place. He is moving. Let's stand together. The band going to lead us in this song. We're going to respond in worship together. Oh, Lord, we thank you that you are on the move, Lord, that your plans and purposes are unstoppable, great God. We thank you for lives that are being transformed, lives that are feeling he finding healing, great God. Lives, Lord, that are... That are discovering the hope and the life that is found in You, Lord. And we long for more, great God. We long for more. And so I pray You'll help us to have eyes to see, great God, where You're working, where You're moving, how You're leading us, great God. Help us 
as we've heard from your work, to keep persevering in the work that you've called us to, great God, to keep pressing on, to keep praying with faith, faith-filled prayer, Lord, is what we long for. People hearing from you, hearing from your word, seeking to live it out humbly, great God. And Lord, we pray that through all of this, great God, that you would be lifted high, Jesus. That's what we pray. And so thank you, Lord. Thanks again for yesterday, the blessing flowing. Thank you for the things you're unfolding in this year ahead. And we just want to say this morning that we want to be counted among those who say yes to being a part of your eternal plans and purposes, great God. So continue to use us powerfully, we ask, Lord. Help us to see with the eyes of faith, to see as you see things, we pray. And so we ask this now. I pray your blessing on each one. We pray this in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen. Please be seated. If you'd like prayer, do come down the front. Some of our prayer team would love to pray for you this morning. Uh, Don't forget tea and coffee in the courtyard, our welcome lounge as well. God bless. Thanks so much for sharing with us today.